All right, let's do another brush pass. Um, we're going to talk about, well, you watched, you just told me, the first two episodes of Homeland. Right. I was only able to squeeze one of them in. Um, but yeah, brush pass, we just do, uh, you know, quick impressions. Uh, no notes, no editing. Uh, first, we're going to talk about our news items in the world of spy entertainment, starting with what's coming up, or what has just come out. And I got, I think, two just two items there today. Um, Six Minutes to Midnight is a movie that just came out with uh, starring Eddie is Izzard. Is it Izzard or Izzard? Do you know? I keep going back. Eddie Izzard? The, the comedian? Yeah. Really? Uh, co- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, it's also That's... got Judy, and it's got Judy Dench as well. Oh, wow. Oh, shit. <laughs> this is a good find. That is in theaters right now and also streaming various locations. He's a British spy at a British finishing school that has a large contingent of daughters of prominent members of the Nazi party in 1939. That really is Eddie Izzard. I didn't recognize him without the makeup. Now he just likes, looks like some like old dude in a truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we haven't we haven't seen him around in a while, have we? No, I think he changed his pronouns recently, and that was like the biggest news of him. And I think he had like a set a couple years ago. He was touring for a little bit too. I don't know, but th- this is a find. Eddie Izzard in a spy film is definitely something I I want to see. Well, okay, let's check out the trailer. I like okay. the idea, before we check out the trailer, too, I mean, I do kind of like the idea. I mean, it's a good, I guess it's a good idea to put someone in, like, amongst the, you know, family. You know, you got a large collection of family members of people you're trying to keep tabs on. You know, hey, right. get, some, get someone in there. Right. Uh, let's check out that trailer. And we're back. What do you think of the the, the trailer? Which I, I picked a, a thing out of it that I didn't know that I guess based on true events. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Sorry. Your any thoughts on the trailer other than looks pretty good? It looks really good, uh, and I'm really surprised to see Eddie Izzard in a role like this. I, I I've always seen his stand up like multiple times. You know uh, he he always seen him without the makeup. Being an actor was always his his ambition. He really actually just went into stand-up, like, kind of trying to use that as a route to get into acting. Oh, really? Yeah. He's really funny, though. Well, um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad he's getting some work, because this looks like a really good role. It does. I got, uh, you know, I, uh, take it with however much salt you want. Uh, the reviews are terrible. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I haven't seen a single good one. Oh, no. That looks pretty cool. <laughs> um, the the best thing I've heard of it about it is, like, if you're a really big fan of British spy films or war films of a certain era, then you, you might find some stuff to latch onto. But, uh, yeah, I've only heard really bad things about the story. Kind of. Oh. Sorry. It's no bueno. Here's one that, um, here's one. This actually, I'm just bringing up a season two. Hold on a second. What is, what keeps beeping here over here? Okay. I'll just try to ignore it. Um, Alex Ryder is a best-selling young adult book series with, uh, um, 
like a teenage British spy. Uh, the season two just showed up. And so I just thought we'd take a quick look at that. Um, there was a, uh, apparently an attempt to turn it into a movie, which uh, I think was called Stormbreaker. And that really, really did not do well. Um, it's contemporary. Let's see. It's British teenager recruited by what seems to be a fictional agency to infiltrate um, a mysterious school called Point Blanc, which is kind of a little on the nose. Um, so here we go in, into another school. Uh, and this is a place where they take the, the troubled kids of wealthy elite and train them into becoming responsible members of society. But there's some kind of dark secret going on in there. Um, uh. Let's take a look at the trailer. Now, the trailer we just watched, by the way, that was from season one. I couldn't find a season two trailer. Um, first, I want to ask you, like, honestly, when I say, you know, why A, do you, do you, does that set any level of expectation on you? Like, like you know. Well, from the trailer, it looks pretty YA to begin with. Um, but uh, it had a feel of the skulls to it because of the whole, like, uh, high elite clubs. Um so I, I liked the skulls. It was it was a fun movie, um, but it it has more of like a cooler thriller type of you know big uh, conspiracy feel to it as well. Um, so yeah, it looks kind of cool, but it definitely feels pretty YA. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I actually I'm kind of impressed. I mean, my expectations were pretty low uh, right. from reading about it. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, the trailer looks, uh, like a lot more intense and, and taking itself more seriously than I would have thought. There's kind of some hints of Bond. Like, it really does feel like a, you know, like a young James Bond kind of thing in some place. I mean, you got the, the, the skiing action scenes yeah, and stuff. <laughs> and, uh, the reviews I've read of this are, are, are pretty positive. There's some people that are pretty excited about it. Um, I think... It you know I'm probably too old for it, but like if I had a if I had a kid, or it's something like I probably would like really enjoy watching with my nephew or something like that. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, it feels like a nice, uh, cool teen flick uh, to get like the teens excited about something. I don't think I'm gonna. I don't think I'm gonna go and and get it. But I feel like if it was on, I feel like I maybe I would not turn it off. Right. Um, so that is what is out right now that you can check out in the coming soon section. There's a six part series called spy city, which has already aired in Germany. It's coming to AMC plus in, Oh, just about a week. I think uh, that is starring Dominic Cooper as an English spy who's spent sent to Berlin in 1961 to sift out a tra traitor in the UK embassy or among the allies right before the construction of the Berlin wall. And a movie coming out at the end of the month. It's uh, more an assassination movie than assassin type movie than a spy movie, but we kind of qualify those uh, cousin, yeah. cousin of the spy. Right. That one is going to have uh, Michael Keaton and Maggie Q, who are apparently two of the world's top 
premier assassins and they share some kind of mysterious past from Vietnam and uh, her mentor, Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson gets killed. And for some reason that means they have, they, they're competitors, but for some reason the link with their past and Jackson means that they have to kind of team up, even though they don't like each other and return to Vietnam and track down his killer. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Nice to see Keaton back in a spy film. Always love to see Keaton. He is one of the best uh, yeah. in the announced column. Our man from Jersey is going to team Halle Berry with Mark Wahlberg. Oh, okay. We don't have nice. any. Uh, we don't have any details of the plot, but uh, the film is described as a blue-collar James Bond film. What? Mark Wahlberg, blue collar? <laughs> right. He might be able to pull it off. He is he is that good of an actor. Right. <laughs> well, we definitely loved him in The Departed, so this will be exciting to see. Got a comedy coming up called The USPS, um, which uh, is going to come from Amazon. They're, they're still... They're still in talks to get uh, comedian Jermaine Fowler to be the lead in it. Uh, it's a movie where apparently the um, the United States Postal Service is actually a cover for a spy agency. So, oh. obviously, comedy. Yeah. <laughs> right. See how funny it is. And uh, we know a little bit about Billion Dollar Spy this uh mostly in the news these days because it is the last of the films on army hammers slate uh that have just recently been dropped because of his troubles um it is a based on a true story it's there's a book already out there the billion dollar spy a true story of cold war espionage and uh let's see and betrayal oh and betrayal okay cool yeah and that one, we've got a CIA agent at the Moscow station of the CIA who um, befriends a Soviet guy and gets handed a bunch of military secrets. Uh, not a lot of details there. So that's the stuff that's out there or to look forward to. Let's talk about Homeland. Yeah. Uh, I, I dug it. I'm uh, one, like I said, I think a few brush passes ago, I'm kind of in love with uh, Claire Danes. Just because of uh, William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet was a high school movie when I was in high school, and as well as uh, a little known movie um, where she played uh, someone that was on the spectrum, like heavily on the spectrum, that got her PhD called Temple Graydon. So um, if if you like Claire Danes as much as I do, you'll probably enjoy this. She's approachably hot, and I do like the character. I think the character is my favorite thing about the episode that I watched. Um, I came at this one with baggage that's kind of hard for me to, you know, like untangle a little. And I might be seeing stuff that isn't really there, but mm-hmm. I always thought this was a network show. I didn't realize it was Showtime. Um, but me too. I, when I saw the logo, I was like, what? I, I thought it was like on, uh, like basic TV. Yeah, really. And I don't know. Is it just me? Like it does actually, I mean, it does kind of feel though. It's, 
I mean, it's kind of aiming high, a little higher, but it, it feels, it really does kind of feel, it feels like a network show with nudity and swearing. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, even as soon as nudity showed up, I was like, wait, what's going on here? Like, it was really weird, but um, when I realized it was showtime, I was like, oh, okay. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought both of the sex scenes were gratuitous. Um, there's a certain, I don't know, cable sensibility, at least especially of a certain time when, like, you know, they were just so excited that they could have sex in television shows that they just yeah. kind of... <laughs> throw it in there and yeah i I had to i had to think i was thinking more about like that first sex scene and then i realized well it does come right after he says well first i want to call my wife right so (laughs) like it does have a purpose is to show us that he's she's fucking another guy but i think there's like so many better ways to show that she's fucking another guy than literally showing her fucking another guy. Right. <laughs> um, and then the sex scene know, in the middle was, was just weird and very yeah. off-putting. Yeah. And there's more of that to come. Cause I, I did watch two episodes. Okay. Um, there's, there's quite a bit of just random, like fucking, um, but Hey, that's premium cable. That's why you pay the big bucks. Right. Right, right, right. So I was trying to, I was trying to think, like you know, on this, on this network, networky feel that I have. We'll see, like network um, television drama of of the network variety is something that I've never gotten into, and right. I feel that I'm somewhat like judgmental of, and I want to specify especially that I use the word judgmental, not critical, because when you're critical of something, that means like you actually kind of know something about it mm-hmm. and have some cl- complaints. Whereas judgmental is where you're pr- kind of ignorant of it, but you still, you know, kind of make a face. <laughs> right. Um, and I don't think, I don't think this show is getting far enough away, you know, and it, it's not my imagination or, or help me out. Like, I feel like when I, when I, compare it to like the Sopranos or the wire, like those feel like new, the beginning of like new TV, like not it's, it's real. It's not like, you know, net, network stuff. It has like just a very much different feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, I think, you know, there's, I mean, there's some kind of silly things about it. Um, I mean, I'm cool. And which that's, that's okay. That's not, a slam but uh i'm i'm queasy about the cia agent that's like taking antipsychotic drugs for the last 20 years and yeah that kind of bugged me a little bit um because i would think that would be disqualifying to even get in and i would think the cia would be capable to spot that yeah um but i i talked to a buddy that's a big fan and uh, they had said uh, that that gets addressed later, so I'm hoping so because I, I had the same feeling you do. It kind of was out of place and unnecessary. I mean, it was kind of cool as a mechanic. It is like co- a, it is very cool as a mechanic. Yeah, it's like a wrench to just kind of throw into the 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 already mess that's like developing. Complexify but, the character, right? And and you you know it, it kind of 
adds more dimension to the character. So as a story perspective, it, it was like I was enjoying it. It just just right off the bat, you know, just doing this show has made us highly kind of analytical of like spy fiction. And so I'm like, how would she get away with this? And even if she got away with it early on, you would think somebody would have picked up on it, like that she's schizophrenic at some point. Cause I looked up the drug and it's generally used for schizophrenic. Okay. Schizophrenia. Like I, th- I think in the text, in the text that I've read, uh, it's bipolar disorder. That would make sense more from her acting. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I definitely hope, like, because, you know, but he described the pill in the show as an antipsychotic. And, like, I can't think of a worse condition for a spy to have than being psychotic. Like, because yeah. that, that's, <laughs> that's literally the inability to distinguish uh, fantasy from reality. Right. Which seems like is almost like the number one job of a spy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, I don't care if you're de- like, you could be depressed, you could be alcoholic, you could be paranoid, you could be a kleptomaniac, just anything except, you know, not able to tell what's what's real and what's not. And even she should know that that would like really compromise her judgment. But um, right. I'm glad, you know, but if the show's going to do that and, you know, it's just like, okay, that's the style of the show. That's cool. Go for it. Um, I think they're going more for, uh, I think they're going much more for the heart than the head in this show. Like, I feel like the ramp, let's compare it for a moment to uh, Libero, right? Uh-huh. Like, Libero doesn't seem to be like trying to go out of its way to like put you on the edge of your seat. Right. On a, on a a visceral. Right. Yeah. I think Libero is existing much more in the head space. Uh, And this show is, is more uh, emotionally driven. Right. Well, it seems to me that they're trying to make a story for a broader audience, as well as introducing the concept of like the intelligence world. Um, even though a lot, a lot of the tradecraft already seems pretty sophisticated, um, you know, just watching two episodes, I like it, it definitely doesn't shy away from the tradecraft, but I mean, I wouldn't really compare it to like Bureau or the Americans where they're trying to marinate like this, this big crazy thing versus like they're in Homeland. It's like, here, we're going to tell a really good story that has a lot of really good tradecraft in it, but we're mainly going to focus on the story to build up to this really big climax. Um, versus, like, I, th- I think The Americans has been described as a glacier, you know? And, and I feel somewhat like that with Liburo, where it's like, no, we're kind of really sitting through the whole process here, guys. Like, <laughs> we're, we're, we're not trying to, like, hook you right away. I think it's an interesting decision that they made to tell us the audience directly that he's lying, you know, and show some of the, those, uh, the soldier, yeah, Brody? the soldier that comes yeah, on. yeah, like it. They they, they kind of tr- like there's so much there that it's like if it turns out like he's not um uh, been flipped, I'm gonna be really annoyed, um, because they're kind of having all the other characters, uh. Uh, make Claire Dane's character like seem crazy, but they've already told the audience like, no, he's pretty much been flipped because of his flashbacks of like beating his fellow soldiers face in and, you know, 
uh, like being screamed at and his whole like PTSD. Like they're not really trying to keep it from us. But if it turns out that, yeah, she was imagining a lot of this, like I'll, I'll probably be annoyed. I, th- like, I, I think the thing where he's communicating to someone with his with his fingers uh, while he's on camera is is kind of I don't like it. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I would say I would say I don't think the show is for me. I see it's def- it's got some stuff. It's definitely got some stuff. I just think it's not quite my flavor. Um but yeah. uh hey, Golden Globe winner for best drama uh for for seasons 1 and 2. Yeah. And uh I sincerely I sincerely went oh, oh, and the bad guys, I don't know. The bad guys are kind of sketched in a way that I'm not super super thrilled about maybe they get more depth later i would actually bet that maybe like later seasons might suit me better than the first one probably i mean they didn't get much screen time to begin with i mean we're just kind of watching the surveillance at this point that's true um, but from what i've heard is like uh every season has this crazy build up to a huge climax oh. and it's much more fast paced than like you know the americans um as much as I love the American, I'm like, I'm absolutely loving it with the Americans. But uh, this is definitely, that's why I'm saying, I think this was built more for a broader audience, mm-hmm. but still threw in a lot of realistic tradecraft. Yeah. Because they, they definitely hone in on the story. And apparently each season is a self-contained story. And that format of storytelling is something I definitely, definitely really like. Yeah. Because a season is long enough to tell like a really nice story. But then if, when you get it, if you don't like kind of cap it out and like say that's the end of the story, now we're going to tell another one, then what you have is a fucking soap opera. Right, right. And now you're just rehashing the same plot points. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, okay. Anything fantastic from, from episode two that uh, that you liked? Um, they, uh, yes. They, uh, she, we're, we're told, the audience is told that she has an asset in place that basically recruits uh, very uh, attractive young women for the, I guess, the Saudi Arabian prince. Okay. And uh, she meets up with Abu Yasef, I think is the guy that, or she she sees him talking to the prince and gets video of it and takes it to Claire Danes, who then takes it to her higher-ups. And now they're trying to force her to use her asset to the fullest capacity. Uh, but the asset is like, you don't understand, they stone women like us that do what we're not supposed to. Right. Um, so it's it's kind of like a nice setup for, oh, shit, this is going to get really real really soon. And hopefully the lady's okay. Um, but it also set up for quite a few gratuitous nudity and fucking scenes. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, no, but it, 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 kept, it kept the momentum going. And uh, we got to see a lot more of Brody's PTSD as well as him trying to hold on to his sanity, holding this secret in, you know. So that was kind of cool. Uh, the the homie of his who had been sleeping with his wife, you know, uh, Brody kind of picks up on a little bit. So they're kind of setting the stage a little bit for like a blow up between the two of them. Um, and I guess the – I guess the – the higher up Pentagon or governmental publicist types want him to re-enlist. Enlist. So uh, the homie who's a captain is charged to give an order to his homie that he's 
been sleeping with his wife to go re-enlist again. So uh, they really do harp on the story quite a bit, but it's still cool because there's there's a lot of tradecraft to like pick apart a little bit. We, we just didn't get a lot of it developed. We just got that kind of cool, you know, setting up the bugs in the house and her watching. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, that bugged me too, dude. 30 minutes to set up all that? Come on. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you better be that good, especially like in today's technology, you know. Uh, but I, I did like they had the discussion over budget. And uh, I don't know if it was this in the first episode or in the second one where the her – one of her kind of mentors got her a FISA warrant. So, um, you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, Patriot Act type stuff and FISA and all that, all that other good stuff. So it's, it, it, it feels kind of propaganda at the beginning, but I don't, I don't think that's what they're going for. I think it's just kind of like, here's a bunch of stuff that's relevant in 2000. What is this? 2008. It started. I'm not sure. But yeah, that sounds think, about right. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. That's yeah, that's right about right. Yeah. So, but I, I I've been digging it. I want to watch some more, mainly for Claire Danes. But you know, like they, <laughs> it got me interested into the story, so I'm kind of gonna finish. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, glad least... we brought it up because the final season is is winding up right now. So if you were out there looking for like, you know, a show. Hey guys, uh, Todd here with an editing note uh i really i'm i fucked it up is what happened uh i honestly thought that uh there was a season nine of homeland that was uh going on currently i'm not sure how i got that misinformation but in fact the series did wrap up in it's uh season eight in 2020 so it's all out there and uh by the way you know it's also out there in the ether that uh you know, the show's producers said never say never to a season nine. So, yeah, maybe it'll happen. Uh, sorry for the interrupt. You know, if if the hype about that had gotten you at all interested in it, like, well, here we come to give you just a quick look at the first few episodes. Some thoughts, which maybe or maybe don't help anybody listening to our show decide if they want to <laughs> jump into the water with that as well. Right. And that's all I got for tonight. Yeah, I'm good. All right, cool. Oh, that's right. Uh, what are we doing? Uh, talk about, yeah, what we're doing next. Uh, next uh... Thursday, we got Pine Gap with our guest, Francis Hammett, who's uh, an acclaimed author and playwright working on producing a film um, about a medieval spy. Uh, but he also is... Actually, um, Il- Elis- Elizabeth- Elizabethan era, actually. Oh, more Elizabeth. Okay, then it's probably Elizabethan, yeah. Um, he's got that. We've uh, posted a little bit about that on the Facebook page. Uh, yeah, we but do, he's we also are... an army intelligence veteran. So it'll be nice to get his, he's the one that recommended uh, pine gap to us. So we'll get a little bit, uh, about some experienced, uh, perspective on what pine gap is all about. And we are unified in recommending to just about everyone that you watch pine gap six episode yes. series. Really, really good. Uh, hope you check it out. Hope you like our episode on it. And we will follow that up with uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. We did do a brush pass on it, but uh, Dave wants to go back and, and do the deep dive. Yeah, so, it definitely deserves the Spies Like Us treatment because there's quite a bit to talk about. So we're collecting notes on that as we speak. Uh, 
look forward to catching you lovely lot down the line.